0: What up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Max McCoy, and this is Looking Up. Whatever your craft, whatever you're interested in, it definitely helps to have your mind in the right place. And this is what that this podcast is about. Perspectives, habits, and practices that allow us to perform at our best. And we are joined by a peak performer at its finest, Jelani Jenkins, Jelani is an ex-NFL player, he played for the Miami Dolphins, he played for the Raiders, and we talk about how he attributes his ability to get to the highest level in the NFL thanks to mindset practices that his dad instilled in him at a really young age. And as he kind of played, as you can imagine, your mindset gets tested when you're in the NFL. And in transitioning out of something as dramatic as playing in the NFL, he's only had more time and space to kind of reflect on the mindset necessary to play at the highest level effectively. And the reason Jelani and I connected initially was because we were both so passionate about this idea of um a holistic athlete, almost like a mind body approach to sports. As a lot of you guys know, my brand used to be called Mind Body Hoops. And so Jelani and I actually connected back then um, just because of our aligned interests. And he's so passionate about bringing these ideas of mindfulness and affirmation to the youth in sports because. As I totally agree with, sports is a beautiful metaphor for life. And if you're able to kind of harness your mind for your sport, whether that's actually athletics or whether it's business or whatever your craft is, if you're able to harness your mindset in that container, you have a much greater opportunity to harness that mindset beyond. And so Jelani had taught me so much before this conversation. I learned a ton from him during this conversation. We talk all things mindset, you know, practices, habits, routines, perspectives, all the good things that will certainly help me, and I hope you as well, uh, perform at my best. Definitely think you'll like this episode just like I did. Um, Before we get started, thank you to everybody who leaves reviews for the podcast. That means a lot. That helps the show grow. Thank you for sharing it on Instagram. However you choose to support this show means the world. I'm doing this shit for free, people, so do your part, help this show spread, and I'm very humbled to be growing and learning alongside you guys. I also have an email newsletter that just got started. We're we're moving up in the world, people. This is big. got an email so in the show notes i'll include a link where you can sign up in that email i'm going to be sending an email maybe every two weeks where i'm sharing the books i'm reading the insights i'm working through podcasts i'm listening to all the good things that i'm working through in real time with you guys a lot of people ask me you know what i'm working on what i'm reading so this is a cool opportunity to be able to share with you guys a little more directly okay that's it sorry for the long intro I try to shut my mouth, but you know, if I'm having a black cup of coffee and it's early, I could just talk to you guys all day because you're just such a good listener. (laughs) Enjoy the episode. Jelani Jenkins, such a good human, really doing good things in the world of sports, helping our minds be at our best so that we can bring that to our craft and beyond. I think you'll love this episode. I love this guy. He's the man. Enjoy. Thanks for making the time to do this.
1: I'm excited to be here, man.
0: When was the last time you did an interview, man?
1: Last time I did an interview it wasn't oh, was in the, no, the NFL Days. Oh wasn't it? No, it wasn't NFL Days. This was like end of last year. Um I did an interview over the phone. Somebody yeah. reached out to me through Facebook and oh, nice. he had a podcast. And I, I was
0: listening to some of your uh older interviews when NFL Days and uh-huh. I was like, Man, I know Jelani and I feel like he was so they kept you in a wormhole of like or uh in, in your in your lane just talking about football.
1: Yeah. So it's been
0: cool to be able to get to know you like in a broader way.
1: Yeah. I mean it's interesting because I mean back then that that was like my true reality was that wormhole. Yeah. And I think you've caught me two years out the league as I've seen the rest of the world and I've grown in in, in just different ways. And so the interview is going to sound a lot different than how it was when I was wearing the Dolphins and Texans jersey. It's cool. It,
0: it like, made me smile. But, and you were, like, you were a little yoked. (laughs) I mean, you're strong now, but you had a little more – you were a linebacker for the Dolphins, right? And then did you end with the Raiders?
1: I ended with the Texans technically, but my last year started with the Raiders, Mm. so – Played four years with Miami and then went to the Raiders, did the whole offseason with them, training camp, and then ended up not making that team. Then like week four, week five, ended up with the Texans, finished the year off with the Texans. And that was my fifth year, fifth and last year.
0: Were you, when you first got to the NFL, were you kind of like, because I grew up, always wanted to be in the nba so I, it's easy to be like oh once you get there and i'm sure it was the same for you with the nfl mm-hmm. when you were there was it like a pinch me kind of feel or was it like kind of like a natural progression it was just like oh i'm here I'm, it's
1: normal it was always a part of the plan it was always the goal and i was taught at a young age like the power of your mind and the power of visualization so i saw the dream and reality so i wasn't like i wasn't it wasn't like a pinch me, is this real? Yeah. Because I knew it was real. But yeah. at the same time, I was just – I was so in the zone of it that I don't even think I, I recognized what was happening. I just mm. knew that I needed to get better and better every single day and make mm. the next play. and that. Did you, like, celebrate the day you got drafted or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. So I actually was on the third day of the draft, so I had, like, a really dramatic oh, man. <laughs> couple of days because, you know – I had gotten injured my last season with the um, Gators. and so In Florida, yeah. Yeah, and I actually left early. And so there was some tension, a little bit of tension, just a little bit of contrast just because, you know, I had some coaches who wanted me to come back and play who were saying you you may end up being a free agent because of your lack of production this year because you kept getting injured and all these different things. So I had to really trust in myself Hmm. to be able to, Go into the draft and risk losing my eligibility. And if I don't make it, then I'm not where I'm supposed to be in my head. Mm-hmm. Man. So I was able it's to a go head in. Trip. Yeah, yeah. So the draft day came and I was a third day guy, but I was like the f- sixth pick of that third day, fourth rounder. Hmm. But those first and second days i still had people over and so you're sitting there waiting for your name and so man. that tension is just building up and building up man and you know doubt starts to creep in but then excitement creeps in as well you see other people that you know that you yeah. play with going and it's a it's a pretty nerve-wracking
0: how'd your uh I'll, how'd your rookie year go i can imagine like because i actually don't know but like i can imagine dealing with i i deal with now i'm, I'm now getting into like situations where i'm in the past, I would have looked at that and be like, dang, you like, you really do it, at Max. But now I'm here. One common thing that I guess uh, I know a lot of people that are starting to reach new levels deal with is, like, imposter syndrome. Do you know that? Yeah. Like, that's something I work on. Did you have that at all in the NFL? Like, feeling I, as if, like, am I good enough? Uh, people are going to soon, like... I don't belong, you know, when good things happen, it's yeah, so easy for us to
1: feel like we don't deserve it. Yeah, no, that that is definitely a feeling. And I, I think that that doubt creeps in for everybody and that, that, that thought creeps in for everybody. And there's it, the difference between people who are able to be truly successful, the ones that know how to deal with it and keep it, um, keep it hushed as much as possible, or at least not let it stop them from taking the next step. Yeah. Because you can have those fears, but... You know, when you're able to really see that is really to drive you and point you in a direction to get over it and past it and mm-hmm. grow from it, then it becomes um, it becomes something that actually pushes you. So I've, I've had those doubts, but I was I'm thankful and blessed to have like a family that like really taught me at a young age the power of affirming greatness in your mind. and And so I always had the tools when I had those doubts mm-hmm. to be able to snap out of it. Hmm. And keep it moving and say, like, no, I not only do I belong here, but I am the best here. And, you know, even if the stats or nothing showed that I wasn't starting completely yet my rookie year, but you still have to hmm. speak what you want into existence. And so I, I was able to really practice that and hone in on that in my career. Just got better and better from there.
0: So you, you've you told me that in the past, it was your dad that kind of implanted that in your mind early yeah. on. Yeah. Like, absolutely. what did that look You said you had the tools. Would that, like, what's that look like? How do you so, get, how does one get through, I'm, I'm like being super selfish. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me all the secrets. What is one, how does like, how do you get through imposter syndrome with something like speaking yourself up and, and talking better about yourself? Like, how did that actually look? Yeah. Or, I guess, I mean, how did it look at an early age? And then, how did that translate to the Dolphins or yeah, you know, the at NFL an, career? Yeah. At an
1: early age, I had issues with confidence. When I think back, like, I, there were times before I really started playing football and getting really into it where I felt like yeah. I, I was, I was shy. So, I didn't. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> like, in terms of like conflict, I wasn't really like trying to push too many buttons. I was really cool with just being you know, not seen as much and really helping my friends out. And so going into football was when I really started getting a lot of coaching mentally and spiritually and physically from my father and just my family. He's a big component of um, affirmations. And so he would teach me this affirmation at a young age called, um, and we would repeat it in the car before I head to the games. It was God is in me, through me, for me, and with me. And where there's God, there's no imperfection. Mm. And we would repeat that. God is in me, through me, for me and with me where there's God, there's no imperfection. And it's an affirmation that stayed with me throughout my entire life, throughout my career till this day. It's something that I still speak. Before a big test in college I would say it over and over again. Um, the first thing that I would do when I would run out of the tunnels of all my games would be to go to the sideline and say a prayer and then like repeat that affirmation before I go up mm-hmm. and get to playing. And so just having tools to one be self-aware when those thoughts come to understand that this is you know sort of a lower level maybe egos part of you that is trying to protect you speaking these things to try to keep you in a comfort zone Mm -hmm. and having the tools to be able to shift that narrative and shift that story Mm -hmm. uh, with those affirmations and I go into depth about more and more of what I was taught at a younger age of like that that helped me to see myself as um, always a step above my competition, mm. but it was all just training of the mind. Mm. I love
0: that uh, affirmation, and I like that's one. If I were to like encapsulate all the different affirmations, I try to use that one. Kind of puts it all together pretty well. Yeah, and there's something comforting, and like, and the the ending of it, it's you know, God is perfect, is it or something of that nature? Yeah,
1: where yeah, where there's God. Like there is no there is no
0: imperfections, imperfections. and yes. that's something I try to remind myself. Whatever the word is, it's like God, nature. Yeah, I'm like there's no mistakes, you know, and everything's kind of going well. So that that alone just reframes like whatever you think might happen, whatever you think could go wrong. Yeah, it's not
1: wrong, you know, right, it's right. all right. In hindsight, uh, it makes sense. You talked about
0: the ego real fast, and I was like, oh, nice. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> how do you? How does one? How do you? kind of identify when the ego pops up and when like it's something you're feeling maybe pregame or even now in your life when nerves or something happens that you want to deem as like negative Mm -hmm. how do you how do you know that that's the ego trying to keep you safe and small because like the nature of the ego as I've been learning is to kind of keep you um, defined in whatever you define yourself as so if you define yourself as you know a mediocre Max, I'm talking to myself, a mediocre basketball player. Anything that pushes you to stretch yourself, your ego is going to be kind of tested, and all those insecurities are often your ego getting scared of getting knocked off what it believes to be true. Right, right, right. How, how does,
1: how do you kind of like catch that? That's a good question. I mean, it's something that's still, yeah, it's, it's, (laughs) it's it's a journey for life, you know. Um, I read this book called A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Oh, I haven't read that one. I have it on my shelf. I got to read it. Say that again?
0: I got it on my shelf, but I got to read it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's a a powerful book, but it really taught me in a lot of ways how ego Hmm. has showed up in my life without me even realizing it. And the way I see it, I feel like in a lot of ways it's meant to sort of protect us and and kind of keep us in that comfort zone, like keep us comfortable. Whenever we start yeah. to stretch out of that bubble, that's when you start to hear the doubt and and it's not a bad thing. It's not something that we want to like get rid of, but we just need to understand the importance of that intuition, that that higher voice. If there was a higher voice that is able to look at that ego and and understand where it's coming from and and not let it stop you from pushing past the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And so how you recognize when it's coming, a lot of times it sounds like fear and it sounds like worry. It sounds like concern. It sounds like, it sounds like a voice that's trying to just hold you in that, in that comfortable place. And, you know, it, it takes time and it takes work. And I think everyone has a, a, a sort of different voice or it may look different, you know, but the more that we practice things like meditation, the more that we practice really getting in tune with ourselves and our thoughts and really reflect on why, why am I thinking that? Why am I seeing it that way? The more Mm. we get into that, that, uh, that practice of reflection, the more we're able to see, okay, this, I I see why this voice is happening. I see why this voice is continuing to come in my mind. And this is what is, you know, once I, once I really dissect this and I get past it, there are a lot of gifts on the other side of that, that Mm. doubt and that concern and that worry that we bring to, Mm. that comes into our mind.
0: That's it's sick that you've developed that like a that ability to kind of see yourself as more than whatever you are at that moment mm-hmm. at such a young age. Yeah, that's something I I'm like still working on. It's like to be able to practice that and the fact that you were kind of using those affirmations at such a young age and I, and learning I, I, to observe your feelings and emotions. That alone is like high level becoming mindful, becoming conscious, and the yeah. fact that you're able to like utilize that to get to the NFL to get over the nerves of entering the NFL and all that. Yeah. It was like pretty remarkable.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really, truly blessed and thankful to, to have been raised the way I was, I, I wouldn't be here today without that, that sort of mental conditioning and training. Now I will say when it came to like real like meditation and really being self-aware of the thoughts that are holding me back. I, I wouldn't say – I still haven't mastered that, and I wouldn't say that I was anywhere near as I am today. I think when I left the league, I had a lot of time to really reflect on my life. And it wasn't until I left where I really, really, really dug deep and understood like, oh, snap, I've been like trained like from a kid mm. to think this way. Mm. I don't think when I was in the league I really understood because uh. it was just – its, it's just, just what you were doing, it was just what I was doing, wow, but it wasn't until I left to reflect and be like, oh that that started as a kid when my dad would have me watching these Muhammad Ali videos all mm. the time, you know, oh, that started as a kid when my dad would put paintings of hall of famers all over my room so that I see myself as a hall of famer. Like right? mm. that started as a kid when my dad would teach me these affirmations. And man. that's when I was able to like reflect on, Oh, these are tools, man. I, I just was, got the chills. My yeah. dad
0: used to send me quotes and I, I legit never think about this before basketball games, before I was into all this stuff and just really powerful. And my dad's not like a spiritual mindset guy, but he, and he, he's not well with words. So he would just text me something mm. cause he, he wasn't so good at like the pump up talks. Mm. But it's crazy to think of how, like, that has formed kind of the way I view, like, a really, like, if I'm going through a tough time, something that helps me a lot is, like, a just a beautifully written quote about yeah. something I'm going through. That's awesome. And it's crazy how, you know, a parent can implant these things. You can go about whatever your life is and then kind of look back and be like, oh, that, that was that. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It, it, only with time, with reflection, can you realize that, like, all the things that you were doing right and all the things that worked weren't it wasn't like normal. You might've thought
1: uh, yeah. all your mindfulness, all your affirmational stuff was just like, that's how it is. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then the more people you meet that aren't thinking the same way of you, you're figuring out like, why is that? Yeah. And it, it really, it really hit me also once I left the league because I saw other guys that had left the league and I saw that there were a lot of people who had the money, who had, gotten to their dreams of making it to the league, making it to the NFL. And once they left, they felt empty. They felt, they were still unhappy. They were still depressed. They had money in their pocket. Or people even who were still sitting in those locker rooms, being around them and seeing how they're medicating all kind of ways just to get through. Mm. And and I realized I wasn't feeling the same kind of pain. And, and I had to reflect and realize why, because I always saw, football as just a, as a vessel as an avenue to be able to do something way way bigger afterwards and to do something way bigger because of that platform mm. and so and you
0: you knew that kind of while you're playing
1: yeah i knew i knew that as, to an extent. as a child that oh, yeah. i wanted f- to make it to the nfl for something you know mm. not, do you know
0: what that something is
1: yeah yeah so actually when i was a uh, in middle school I had an assignment by one of my favorite teachers. He passed away, but he he was a, an incredible teacher. And every year we would do this assignment called Dreams and Goals, and he would make us write out our dreams, our goals, mm. and how we planned on getting there. And the most important aspect of the assignment was the why of it. And so we had to really explain why we wanted to get there. We, wanted, we had to really explain, like, And it couldn't be a superficial reason like money or, um, you know, for fame or something like that. Like he he would continue to push the why, the why, the why, the why. And so when I was a young age, I always had that I wanted to be a professional athlete. I wanted to play football. Hmm. Um, And my why every year was I wanted to be able to use that influence to be able to bring people closer to God. Hmm. And so I, I grew up in a very like spiritual religious christian family and so at that time that was i wanted to be able to bring people closer to god through mm-hmm. that um influence wow. being an athlete um, so i knew at a young age that football was always going to be it was like a step avenue stone. yeah to get there
0: and we talked about this at uh at like lunch the other day what is your why now
1: my why now
0: How would you it now as an adult
1: as a, as an adult, I would articulate it as just being able to really bring people to, and to be able to guide people to a, a place of conviction that they cannot be stopped. <laughs> to, just, a, just to guide people to a place of conviction that they have the power to create the life that they want to live. Mm. And ultimately, ultimately, my passion is... Around like athletes and sports, but in totality, it's because I know how much influence athletes and sports has on the general public. And so ultimately, I would want everybody in the world to recognize the power that they have within to be able to create the life that they want and to help give them the tools to be able to do that. Hmm. And so I think just my biggest why is to is that I want to help people to be free and to understand the power that they have inside of them
0: Hmm. what is the opposite of that like what have you noticed in the sports world we can talk about that specifically like you were in the nfl you have a better look at this than anybody what what does this look like when people don't know their power when people don't have the tools like what's on the other side of the coin Cause I, it looks, And it doesn't have to be like this bleak, super blad, but I think yeah. that's where
1: a lot of people are. That's where I was. Right, right. I think I think it looks a lot of different ways. Yeah. Um, one of the ways is all of the distractions that are happening in the world, you know, just through politics and all these different things. A lot of people can take those things or take situations where they feel like they aren't um, in control of and allow it to just suppress them from even trying. Or when I think of football and I think of guys that leave or sports in general, not just football, basketball, any type of sport, there's a certain identity that has been crafted for so long as an athlete. And everyone is looking at you this particular way and talking to you in this particular way. And the, the, the bigger you get as an athlete, I mean, you get a lot of followers. You got people that are fans of you and what you're able to do on the court, on the field. And then when that gets taken away, not knowing who you are, you know, never even going through the process of figuring out who you are and your Mm multidimensional being, you know, who you are as a complete human. It's not just that's just one aspect of you. And so what I what I what I think the other side of it looks like is just um, it can feel fragmented. It can feel like. The feeling of being lost. It can feel like, yeah, yeah. All, all, a lot of it, it looks a lot of different ways, but it ends up playing out in you know mental illness. Mm. Yeah, it's like this.
0: um, It's like a, a not grounded state. You know, it's yeah. it's like things can knock you off easier. You don't know where you're going so much. Like if if something externally changes, like you're not playing football or basketball or whatever it is anymore, you're like, oh shit, now what? Where? Yeah. I feel like I work hard now at a point to be self-aware, to know that if anything went wrong in my life or something dramatically changed, like it would, there'd still be pain and all that. Right. And you'd still like whatever, you'd still go through the range of emotions. But at the end of it, I would still be like, all right, like I know I'm good. Mm -hmm. I know who I am at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And I think that's cool to hear you talk about. That's part of your why is like implementing that into a field of sports. And, you know, like I'm passionate about that too is like, making sure these people have these tools and this kind of self-awareness and like this holistic spiritual almost like i know who i am sense before they need to transition and all these things like yeah do you think you had that while you were playing did you have a you had a pretty good sense so when you transitioned out of the sport you didn't kind of have that i call it the dark night of the soul as as people would call it <laughs> like that that Cause man, I went through it. That's yeah. why I had a brand called Mind Body Hoops because yeah. I transitioned out of basketball and I was depressed, I and I turned to things like personal development and read yeah. Buddhism books and yeah. uh, and meditated. And then I was yeah. like, "Oh shit, man! Like I feel better. I know I'm starting to learn who I am." And yeah. why wasn't this available to me when I was an athlete? I could right. this could help me with all the athlete shit I was right, going through right. too. Let alone the transition out. So. Yeah. I mean, did, but you're rare, man. You didn't, you well, didn't no, go no, through nah, the I, nah, identity crisis as I, much.
1: You know what? Yeah, it, I think it probably looked a bit different. I think one of the things that I did struggle with <clears throat> when I first left the NFL was I think I took the opposite approach and I kind of
0: hmm.
1: ran away from that identity a bit. Yeah. Yeah, like I... I was so eager to like spread my wings and see. It mm. felt like you're being set I, free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For it real? felt like I was in a box, and it felt like once I peeked my head out of that, I saw the whole world. Oh, like, Plato's cave, you know? Man. And, I could totally see that. Yeah. And so. But did it
0: ever come back and catch you? Like,
1: yeah, yeah. Like- so the more I started to branch my wings and show multiple sides of myself, like I started dab- dabbling in the film and I started learning music i started learning all these different parts of me and started re re recapturing passions that i had as a child like drawing and just the artistic areas and i started to get really excited about it um but i feel like a part of me was really shunning the 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 sports aspect of Mm. me because because of a lot of different reasons like just the injuries that it caused and just politics, things that I experienced towards the end of my my time in the NFL. And I did so I took the opposite approach of really running away from that identity and showing it more than an athlete, more than an athlete, more than an athlete. And I think that I could only go so far doing that. And so over time, probably in the last year or so, I've learned how to integrate it all into one. Hmm and and find find a way to completely shine the entire light like you Mm. are an athlete as well as all these other things don't just turn that off just Mm. that that's ego right there that's ego i feel like is Mm. the feeling of wanting to prove something in a bunch of other ways yeah like i'm not a football player now
0: but now i'm an artist now i'm doing all these other cool things it's like that's that's coming from an ego place a little bit yeah even though you're like you're totally right to be dabbling in your new, or like rekindling hobbies and like retouching it with your creativity and yeah. feeling that part of you come up again. Yeah. But totally, I did the same exact thing. It was like my my career kind of ended like not clean. I I definitely didn't honor where I came from. I just like was like time to go be a college kid. Time to mm-hmm. go like have fun. Time to go have friends for once. Like time to go uh, learn. Time to go do all these things. And then running away only lasted for like four months, and then boom. Like, then it's like, okay, I'm here. I'm settled into this new life now. Yeah. And that, that kind of transition definitely like faded. And yeah. I was, I found myself kind of in that depressive state. Mm-hmm. So I think now we got to talk about like, what, what's it look like blended the two? So what's it look like to not run away? Like, let's talk about transitioning out of a sport or I think anybody can apply this to whatever, like, like, mm-hmm transitioning out of something, whether it be a job or a relationship or a sport, you're you're so invested in that thing and and what it means to you and what it means about your identity and how Mm -hmm. other people view you. Mm -hmm. So when you shift, not only are you shifting and how that can be difficult for like the own personal journey, but like the ego throws on to, what's this mean about me in relation to others? What's this mean about my identity? How are people going to view me now that I'm drawing and doing film? So like- I don't know. What is the healthy way to to transition, you know, That's from nice. anything in life? There's no perfect answer. But I would say to take – I wish you and I both and every athlete would, as they're still playing, give themselves time to still dabble in those things like yeah. the arts. Right, because like i think there's such an overlay between athletes and then when they're done they like somehow dip into the arts Mm -hmm. whether that be music or like for me and and you too like film stuff Mm -hmm. and that was a childhood and i think that's because so many kids naturally like express themselves through some sort of art yeah and then we kind of through the school system and like what's uh you know acceptable you put into more of like that masculine like only achieve through sport school like get your yeah. doctorate or or play sports you know right, so right, right. it's like you're in that that masculine where the arts are kind of the feminine energy and if mm-hmm. i think if athletes can have a little blend of the two while they're still you know crushing it yeah they might be more like mindful and holistic yeah, and it might yeah. actually help them play and a better more more what do you think
1: especially in this day and age with uh, yeah. everyone having a social media and yeah being able to tell a story through that yeah mediums yeah um, but no, I, I I think the best ways to um, transition from career to career from moment to moment is being able to, I think the biggest thing is, is having a big enough why that transitions mm. or, or that translates to everything that you do. You know, if you have a big enough purpose, it you can find motivation to be able to do if you'll be able to get there in a lot of different ways it doesn't relate to just one specific industry so for example like the why that i had as a child was to bring people closer to god or or use influence to bring people closer to god like that once i'm done playing sports i still am able to go Mm. and take a job somewhere or creatively want to tell stories that does it and so having a why that's just big enough Mm. is is that transcends your career that transcends your career exactly Mm. and and also just come (laughs) (laughs) gotta get the snaps yeah (laughs) and also just you know just just really coming into contact with with your values and just really just really fine-tuning values fine-tuning the things that make you grateful um waking up with gratitude, like just incorporating gratitude in your day-to-day life. How does one incorporate these things? Like
0: what are some tangibles? Because like now I'm like, okay, this is good. I'm already going to – I'm going to like literally after this conversation get clear about my why, Mm -hmm. something that transcends like not only why am I doing this project, this project, this career path, but like what is the actual overarching why that will last me – for a much longer time no matter what i could be like dancing like yeah, yeah, yeah why you know yeah what is it that i'm trying to bring so yeah i love that how does how do people start implementing like the why i think is you know you can just really get clear and, and take some reflection to mm-hmm. be like what what's my why but what about like values you said like getting clear on your values um what does that look like like if you had like, a, you know, someone, you're, you know, you're coaching someone, what would yeah. you say to them? And then like, how do they start implementing something like gratitude, which can yeah. seem so easy. But when I wake up, I'm like, gratitude, come on, do it. And yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It can be hard. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, for sure. It could definitely be difficult. But I I really like to journal. I like to just put pen to paper and, and write things out. I know for gratitude, one of the things that really helped me out was making like a gratitude list. So I took an hour or so to like meditate and clear my mind and really came into it with the intention of figuring out all the things that I'm grateful for from a child till now. And that list got extensive, but it's a list that I can always go to and I still add to it. And it's something that I can always go to, to be able to, if there is a point where, you know, when we're in those tougher situations we're so like closed-minded to where it feels like this situation is the whole world yeah so a lot of times we can't even think in that moment of what is there to be grateful for right now what is there to be grateful for right now um that list really helps me when it is difficult for me to think about it in the moment and gather those feelings and of gratitude i always have a list that i can go to to really reflect on another thing that i do is every single day around the afternoon or so usually after i spend the first part of my day like working and getting towards my goals i take like a 10 to 15 minute gratitude walk i call it where i'm just put on some like music either a lot of times it's like meditation music just a certain frequencies and i just spend time in nature just kind of walk around it may sound a little weird but i no, I'm thankful for the trees, you know. I'm thankful for the sky. Like I'm, I just find different things that I'm grateful for, and I really reflect on, you know, the abundance of the world around us. And mm. a lot of times, that that experience, it it just it, it one it solidifies all of the the good things that happened in the beginning of the day, and then it pushes me towards the end of the day to finish off even stronger. Mm. Um, And then, of course, meditating at the end of the day. So over practice, over time, it it, it sort of structured my mind to always see the gratitude in every moment. And so, for example, I was with you, I think, last week, and I got that ticket (laughs) from the cops on the way to (laughs) seeing you. And, you know, it was something that I just had to go to the DMV to get it corrected. And so I was in the DMV, and I remember when I had to book the appointment, it was just so difficult, <laughs> and they yeah. made it difficult. But I finally got there, and that morning, I really decided to look at it a different way, and I started to find like how great of an opportunity it is to like get work done while I'm sitting there waiting, knowing the DMV is going to take forever. Mm. Pretty much taking that experience and finding the gratitude in it, mm. I was able to get a lot of work done while sitting down waiting for my appointment and it ended up working out completely fine and that ended up being a great day yeah but it's just it's just learning how to like train your mind and train your your habits train your system to 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 believe and think in like a championship way And Mm -hmm. and there's there's tools of doing it and a lot of it just comes with like consistency practice and habits and building building a system, like building yourself like a computer really. Yeah, so many people could go into the DMV and just be like rrr, rrr, yeah. rrr,
0: and then like spend two hours on social media. Yeah. But if you're able to like be like, where's the good in this? Yeah. Oh, I have two hours of free time. What can I do in that two hours of free time? Oh, yeah. those things I've been putting off and then it becomes, oh, the DMV was this beautiful container that allowed me to get some oh, stuff so done beautiful. that I wouldn't
1: have wanted to do. Think about all the traffic in LA was, like starting to realize like <laughs> yeah. this is this is so amazing because I get a chance to like really meditate in this traffic. You know what I mean? Yeah. I get a chance to like really, really just practice, my, take it. my deep breaths, and practice.
0: And um, to be able to like look for that, I think is that's the challenge. Be like, when can I? When in my day am I being offered the opportunity to like look for? How is this a good thing? How can I be grateful for this? so many good things that you just said, like that list, that lifelong list of gratitude and just things that have gone right. I've tried to do something similar on like a monthly basis. I didn't keep up with it for long enough, but I remember, Mm -hmm. like I I would call it blessings and I would like write everything that small or big that happened that month that was just I could deem as a blessing. And at the end of the month, I'd be like, dude, it's no matter what mood you're in, if you ever look at this list, it's undeniable Mm -hmm. that like you are living a great life. You're taken care of, like things are going well. That's incredible. And, like, that practice alone, I'm so inspired by, man. Like, yeah. I, I'm definitely going to apply to that more.
1: That's awesome. The
0: walk in the nature reminds me of, like, Wayne Dyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar. But he would just, I love Wayne Dyer. Yeah, man. He The way he puts it that I resonate with is just, like, go walk in nature and just you're reminded things are perfect. It's and, like, early. whatever you're going through, it's perfect.
1: Like Yeah.
0: You know? And, and so if you can just. Be reminded by that by something as simple as the trees or the, the clouds or whatever.
1: A hundred percent. Man. We have everything that we need.
0: Man. And then uh yeah, the DMV. So is it just kind of, you know, reframing things as much as you can and just asking yourself like how is this perfect? Yeah. You know, it's like it reminds me of we were talking about before, last thing and I'll stop rambling. Yeah. We we're talking about like the dog is like training your mind and um in training your mind you're training it to like, hey, sit. Mm-hmm. And uh And, you know, if you're able to sit in stillness, it's kind of like training a dog to just sit still. And if you don't train your mind, it's kind of like the dog's going to go crazy and rip up the furniture. Right. And what you just said made me think of that again because it's like my roommates, if they start eating an apple, my dog is like trained to the second they hear the crunch of the apple, he comes and sits and looks all cute because he knows he might get a bite of that apple. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And so you've trained yourself, man, in practicing gratitude, in making good out of, you know, DMV experiences. Yeah, yeah. You've trained yourself that when something's kind of like wonky or traffic, you're you've trained your mental dog to be like, "What's good? What's yeah, good? What's yeah, good?" Yeah, and that's a that's a powerful thing, man. That your yeah, dog is sure. sharp.
1: I, I was doing a lot of research earlier this year, and I, I remember running across a term RAS. You ever heard of just RAS? The oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. reticular articulate system. Though. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the reticular the, you know, activating system. Reticular activating system. That is a mouthful. Yeah. So I'm not going to sound like uh, a, a high-level scientist when I explain so this. You sound pretty scientific. <laughs> though. <laughs> but, you know, pretty much, you know, our minds filter out a lot of the information that it deems not necessary for that moment and what we need. and. So you know when we think about like I've been looking for a new vehicle and I've been looking to transfer transfer into Audis and so once I started talking about the fact that I'm gonna look and see what Audis are I started seeing Audis everywhere and it's not like they weren't there at first but my reticular activating system wasn't it was shutting it out it didn't deem it, it didn't deem it necessary and so I say that because we can consciously train. I mean, we can consciously train our minds through the habits that we consciously set for ourselves to see what it is that we want to see. Our mind will literally shut out the things that don't align with that. So when we put our purpose and we keep our vision and our focus on our purpose on the things that we want, our mind literally shuts out the things that aren't necessary to it. And you start to see all of the opportunities that help you get to where you want to go. And so when it comes to gratitude, when it comes to the opposite of limiting beliefs, you know, like training that into your mind to see it that way becomes a lot easier over time through consistency and through building those habits. Hmm. And so, I, I think that's what really helps it to be more second nature for me now is actively training it like writing down on your schedule, having a morning routine to where you're actively training your mind, your body and your spirit to align in the best possible way to get you to your goals and where you want to go. And it's still something that I still sometimes struggle with. And there's times when it's more natural, but there's always going to be ups and downs. And, and I definitely don't have it figured out yet, but training is something that I've learned through football it, over like consistency builds muscle
0: I think that's why athletes have such a good chance to like really transcend and like be in a whole different space in terms of like this train your mind and mindfulness stuff, like yeah, because they have such a once they know the benefit of something, athletes have embedded in them that like if I practice this enough, I'll get really good at it, yeah. and like if I practice this for a year and do it really like with a lot of intention and intensity in a year, this will be this move that I think is pretty difficult will become a part of our, my arsenal. Yeah. And it sounds like you've put in so much time and hours into like certain mindset practices that even when it gets hard, you can still have these things that you rely on. Like, even though some athlete, you know, you get super exhausted, you still have certain moves that no matter how tired you are, you know, you have these in your bag, Yeah. you have these things like, you know, these are solid. For and sure. I think that's that mindset of knowing how to implement like new aspects of yourself is like a a key thing that ath- thinks that it comes intuitive to athletes. So yeah. there's so much room to implement mindset
1: practices. Yeah, that's that's good to know. I, I always like hearing other people's perspective on that because I I won't realize that it's more intuitive for me to build those habits because of what I've been doing as an athlete. Oh, man, you know, yeah. I, I won't realize like.
0: And what you were saying about scheduling, you know, like, uh, you know, I I need to gain five pounds this summer whatever it is. Here's my workout routine that will get me there. Here's what I'll eat. Like that mindset is such a high-level athlete thing to do. Really? Yeah, man. And I have friends because I have plenty of friends and people that are not athletes. And I'm like, dude, just, you know, like (laughs) – and the way you think and that structure and that scheduling and that planning – Uh, Is something that comes with being a super fucking busy athlete, you know, too much going on, like so much. So you have to be diligent with your time, how you're spending it, which aspects of of yourself you're investing in. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's a means of like not knowing how to implement it for athletes. It's just like
1: it's getting your foot in the water and tasting it, like what it can be like, you know, you know what I mean? For sure. I I feel like to to that point, I feel like uh, when I first got out of the NFL, I actually struggled a bit with. It was the first time I didn't have a schedule made for me. Yeah, that's tough. It was was like the first time where I had all that freedom. I had 24 hours to be able to do what I want. And I had all these different interests and things that were oozing out of me to be able to explore. So I remember that first year, it was tough for me to actually get focused on one particular thing. And I found my energy dispersed in so many different ways. And I was getting good at film. I was also learning how to play the keyboard. And I was also learning other aspects of myself um yeah. and i didn't feel like i was getting great at any one thing because mm-hmm. i was so dispersed yeah and so it, it took it took time to realize it, it actually took time for me to go back and think of what has helped me out in the past and even though i wasn't making those schedules of this is when we have to like okay for example if we had like a five-day week to prepare for a team, each day would be a theme. So it would be like Monday would be first and second down. The next day would be third down. The next day would be like, I don't know, cleaning up the rest of the day and like special teams. So they were like theme days. Hmm. And so I had to go back and think of like, okay, this is, there was a method to scheduling and having themes of a day and having structure so that you're able to, it it was good for us to be able to show up and just kind of be in flow and not have to worry about decision fatigue and be for able sure. to just move in the direction that we're supposed to. So it wasn't until maybe like that second year when I got out the league that I started really implementing like scheduling and planning out so that I can wake up and just go. Yeah,
0: that's. Uh, <clears throat> I think that's something that's common with the transition out of sports too. Is like not having that. Uh, that so much free time can like mess up your brain a little bit. And like, what am I doing with myself? And that's where for me, a lot of like the identity crisis came was like my, I had four extra hours in the day. Like, what am I doing with it now? Yeah. So, but to this day I have purpose and I have direction and I, and I'm way beyond that now, but still dealing with that, trying to limit decision fatigue and trying to limit distractions and being able to just allow myself to show up and like, you said perfectly just drop into like a flow state and not have to worry about, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing too many little things? Like I want to be doing like a couple big things with all I got. Right. Do you have any gifts you could give me in terms of like how you go about scheduling and getting clarity on making sure you're doing like what's most important now that you've transitioned out, but still maintaining that like NFL, like kind of intensity and structure.
1: You know, I, I, I'm very new at fine tuning that I, I would say going into 2020 is the most clear that I've ever been and so I'm I'm, I'm right yeah. there with you and I think what I've begun to do especially like towards December when I really started implementing these tools is I've really like just fine-tuned all of my interests and just prioritize like one or two things one or two skills that I wanted to master um before before I did any of that, I put out, I did like a goal list of like my five-year goal, my two-year goal, one-year goal, what that looks like, and sort of reverse engineered to see like, okay, this is what I want to have accomplished by then, this is what I want to have accomplished by the second year, what I want to have accomplished by the first year, and then really went into detail in the first year of like quarterly what what would be optimal to get to where I need to go get to by the end of the year. And so when I did that, I was able to really hone in on the, okay, these are the things I have to prioritize. And if I want to master something, I have to, just like I mastered the art of playing linebacker, I have to really get focused on, on skills that I need to master that will help me get to where I need to go. Hmm. And so I think from incorporating your why, why you're doing your purpose and finding that passion in that and really being clear about your target, like your goal, where you want to go and sort of reverse engineering that process Mm -hmm. and being clear about what the many goals that will get me to that big goal. Mm -hmm. And after having all that really allowing yourself to be flexible when it doesn't look exactly like that mm-hmm. you know it's just like a, it's like a compass rather than a map so you have the direction of where you want to go and just creating like a system like a like a workflow like a schedule
0: mm-hmm.
1: to where you move towards that and you learn through the whole process but when things don't go exactly how you set it mm-hmm. that that's okay and to just kind of go with the flow, and just there, there's a book that I'm reading now called Principles by Ray Dalio. Dalio. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. It's 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 a, it's a big book, but it really taught me in a lot. It's a big of ways. book. I,
0: I I'm intimidated by it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a huge book. <laughs> I haven't finished it yet. But, but a lot of people I admire admire him,
1: so like he's like yeah, he's big time. Next level. He's next, next level. level. Yeah. He he's very like masculine-brained when it comes to structure and processes and systems Mm -hmm. and i needed that yeah it really helped me see things in a different perspective yeah um but a lot of what he talks about is just that that loop of you know success of going you know having a goal and really going towards that goal and and failing and diagnosing why they felt like diagnosing the problem of why that felt why you failed and then that loop ended up and then you learn from that. And, and it kinda it kinda
0: rolls into the next exactly. thing. And then it rolls into the next yeah. thing. So you're forward trying, 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 maybe failure or slip up. Yeah. Learn from it, bounce. Yeah. And it's like that bounce. It's like you're throwing a tennis ball.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And it's only the failures that are the bounces, but the bounces make you go farther. Exactly. I like that.
1: Yeah. It's, I'm a visual guy too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just just allowing yourself to fail like go go for a goal and just diagnosing when the problem comes and why it came and trying the solution to the next goal and just continuing and that's just how life works yeah but we have to be willing to fail hmm. you know we can't be afraid of it
0: man like uh one thing that's been helping me with 2020 is like just recommitting to with athletics it's so easy just to commit yourself to like a Every day, no matter what, I'm going to get in the gym and get better. Uh, and that kind of mentality for me has been it has been more challenging to apply to professional life because it's like, which part of myself do I want to get better? Is it my... Like, do I count writing emails to people all day as, like, getting better? Or is that kind of just keeping everything afloat? Yeah. And so this this year, I've been, like, I've been writing every day. And that's... It's not directly related to, like, anything I'm doing. But, like, something within me says, like, this kind of peels into everything yeah. whether it's podcasting or uh you know the way i can speak and all those things like so
1: yeah
0: rededicating myself to a daily practice i call it so like every day no matter what if i show up and do this thing i know that in x amount of time i'll be able to look back on a body of that and be like like i got better um it's improving it's moving me towards like the the quarterly goals and all these yeah. things i have set for myself too um, but the hard part is when it's like, can be really fun and exciting at the start of 2020 to set up your goals, set up, here's my year goal here. And then break it down by three month quarters. And then, mm. um, and then even months and okay. And, and then it's like, all right, it's time to go. And when it's day to day nose to the pavement, um, I think that's when I can be like a little, get a little apathy. I call it like, yeah. it's like, ah, this is all fucking pointless. Anyway, it's like, yeah. it's just a mountain of things to do. And yeah, and so, but what I've been really, like, genuinely inspired by in this talk is the, just, remi- it, it's like, so many people say it, but the way you say it resonates. It's like, just c- continually finding your why. Yeah. Because if I, yeah. if I somehow could just, before I do anything, just be like, why are you doing this, man? Uh, I think that would help me a lot. And, yeah. like, remind me that, okay, like, even though I maybe don't, yesterday I was in the mood to write, and it was fun, and today I don't, but what's the why? And, yeah. like allowing that to be like a badge of honor and yeah. like kind of humbling myself to that. Why? As if it's like my great purpose, mm-hmm. you know, as big or small as it might be.
1: Yeah, for sure. I've taken a shit
0: ton from that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's, it's like, that's that's awesome. Very helpful.
1: That's awesome. It, there's, there's a lot of days where I don't want to wake up early and go for a run. You know what I mean? There are a lot of days where you don't want to do it. You know, yeah. you don't feel like doing it. And, but just having tools in place, knowing that that's where the battle was won is in your mind, knowing that that is going to be in a battle, just getting used to winning that battle. Mm-hmm. I, there was one thing that I I, I want to get back to, but I was trying it out when I lived in Oakland like two years ago. I was tallying wins and losses for when I got up and went for a jog so I would instead of so for when I would go for when I would wake up I would have like wins and loss I would have like a chart Mm. and if I didn't get up and run I would mark it as a loss and I hated seeing that Mm. and so that was a tool for me to use where I was able to use my competitive spirit to help me to get into a habit Mm. of getting up and jogging in the morning i
0: love that yeah i should i can do that with my my writing practice there's something about that i've heard like jerry seinfeld uh used to write x's if he if he wrote jokes that day Mm. and he was like dude after a while i just didn't want to not see an x on the board like it's the worst feeling to break the chain and now it becomes instead of like do the thing it's like don't break the chain
1: yeah exactly i love that exactly it's and and it's different for everybody right like it's that was my I know that I'm competitive <laughs> so i i don't like seeing wins or losses Yeah, i, mean, I don't like seeing losses on my chart for so sure that's powerful i remember it being like 16 and 0 for the, and then like one time it was like 16 and 1 and i hated it that's just less clean
0: this <laughs> is not clean man tell me about uh what's going on with mind body sports dude so for people who don't know the way we got connected was i had mind body hoops he had mind body sports uh, I went to go try to find like a, a username of the same caliber of Mind Body Sports. He had it, and I was like, "Who is this guy? <laughs> we connect, super like-minded man." Yeah. And uh, what you're doing and have been doing with Mind Body Sports, I think, is exciting. And like, want to plant the seeds in everybody's mind so they can be on the lookout.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's still super new, and I am so so much more clear than I was a year ago when I really started developing it, yeah. of where I wanted to go and what direction I want to take it. And like I said before, when I think back of my upbringing and all of the tools, all of the mental, spiritual, psychological conditioning that I experienced at a young age, I know that I wouldn't have gotten to where I got to without that, those habits and those tools and those practices and that self-awareness that was that was fostered inside of me and so and i think back and i think and i see through my career all the guys who weren't able to make it because of different things like their mindset um and just their habits and their practices and how they talk to themselves and then even guys who were able to make it to the furthest level that they could dream of still feel unfulfilled and all those things and i realized how important it was and so one of that's the main passion behind mind-body sports is to help athletes live a life fulfilled through their sport and beyond um, by understanding the power of their mind and the power of actualization and just giving them all the tools necessary so they too can understand that they can't be stopped. That was one of the main things that my father always told me was, they can't stop you. They can't stop you. Like, when I think back on my memories as a child running down the sideline, like, it was my father who was running on the sideline with me yelling, they can't stop you, Jelani. They can't stop you. They can't stop you. They can't stop you. But that that was training me to really believe that. And um, so I want to give that training to everyone else. Man, I'm excited
0: <laughs> to keep sharing with my audience as my buddy sports grows. Kind of like, Keeping yeah. them in the loop for sure. Yeah. For athletes that are listening, I have a lot of my audiences like obviously athletes. Mm. uh What is one t- piece of tangible thing they can implement right now that will kind of help them begin to like train their mind? What is a, a new habit they could they could practice? I would say. Finding, I know there's so many.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the biggest one for me is 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 gratitude. Is implementing gratitude. In in their day to day life, like I, I feel like that for me allowed all of the tough times to to get translated into positive positive times. And what I would say above gratitude even is getting in touch with themselves and their inner self through meditation, just developing a meditative practice. And you know there there are a bunch of different tools online and that help people to to learn how to meditate if they haven't already but through meditation i was able to be self-aware and be self-reflective and it taught me through practice how to be aware of my thoughts and how to be how to look at it from kind of from the outside and like not being in the boat in the wild rapid waters of your thoughts but like actually being on the side and viewing it from there and being able to reflect from that angle Mm. and that that awareness in itself has allowed me to develop all the tools necessary um there's a there's a lot of different ways but if i had to give one particular bit of advice it would be establishing gratitude in your daily habit your daily routine and practicing mindfulness it's beautiful man yeah where can people find you so my personal account is Mighty King Jenkins, M I G H T Y King, K-I-N-G, Jenkins, J E N K I N S Tag it up. That's my that's what my name actually means, Jelani Malik. He's Mighty oh, King. Sick. So yeah, Mighty King Jenkins on Instagram. Mind Body Sports on Instagram. It's I, I I'm really pat like what I really plan on doing this year is putting a lot of time and energy into building that community that online community of mind body sports um and and planning for a lot of really cool events especially summer programs and camps coming up and really scaling that and and just getting a chance to like meet people around the globe i love it man yeah
0: last piece of our last question Assuming you would change nothing and assuming everything happens for a reason, you're exactly where you're supposed to be, bro, what is one piece of advice or encouragement? I know it's not too long ago for you. you're young, but what does a piece of advice or encouragement you would give a twenty four year old self
1: my twenty four year old self yeah your
0: twenty four year old
1: self what one piece of advice I would give my twenty four year old self I would say to embrace failure to crave failure (laughs) to chase after failure to to seek it I, I think being able to I I think I think there was a point especially around 24 where I had made it to the NFL and I think I really uh got a bit comfortable in in a lot of ways or there was a certain comfort zone aspect to it and I feel like what I would tell that person (laughs) is that just, just to continue to stretch that comfort to continue to chase that failure like a baby who's learning how to walk just keep busting your knees open like eventually you'll get up and walk you know but just continuing to just chase it chase it chase it chase it and that there's a gift on the other side yeah
0: beautiful yeah man. thank you for joining me brother man i appreciate you
1: appreciate you awesome. man. i'm excited yeah. excited
0: for all the things coming
1: i'm excited for you i'm excited for this podcast man, Look thanks, man. thanks man this is awesome appreciate you my guy.
0: thanks for checking out the podcast people i really appreciate you i really really do if you're interested in learning more about what I'm learning, I get a lot of questions like, Max, what are you reading? What are the books you recommend? What are some journal prompts you recommend? What are the podcasts you're listening to, etc., etc.? I'm starting an email list and I would love to add you to it. I'm going to share the link in the show notes. If you're interested in receiving an email from me, probably only like twice a month, but I will be sharing... Things I'm working on internally, I'll be sharing reflections about what I'm going through. I'll be sharing books, podcasts, videos I'm super enamored by at the moment and all the other good stuff. So if you're interested in learning in me, with me, I meant to say, uh, in real time, I would love to have you on my list. I'd love to connect with you on a more one-to-one basis and I think email is going to be a fun way to do that. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I appreciate you guys and I'm excited to share more with you. A lot more great stuff coming Be sure to leave reviews. Be sure to share this with your friends, family, grandma, uncle, sister, brother, dog. Share it with everybody. I love you guys. Thanks for the support. See you on the next episode. Bye-bye.